0: Hey guys, welcome to another podcast on real life stories of private practices. And today I am joined with Dr. Abby Weissman, who is a psychologist in San Diego area. You have a couple offices, so I'll let you talk about that later. But welcome. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's see. I've known you... Over a year now, I think, yeah? Yeah. Tell right. me about how long you've been in private practice and why you got into private practice.
1: Hmm.
0: Let's well, see.
1: I've been in private practice since a couple months after I met you, so it's oh, been okay. about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got into private practice because I thought it would be the best way that I could utilize my skill set. Um, I find that I do not have a strength in completing large amounts of paperwork. <laughs> uh, that is not where I thrive. And that so, rules out government. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Government, you know, prison, <laughs> I government, mm-hmm. anything relating to community mental health. I'm uh-huh. pretty much in trouble. So I figured a private practice would give me kind of what my brain needed in order to stay on task and really support people.
0: Mm-hmm. And prior to the private practice, what were you doing? Setting for licensure. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, pretty direct. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah. And being a
1: psych assistant for someone else in a private practice.
0: All right. So, what is your specialty in your practice? Do you have a niche? I do. Funny, you should ask that. Funny, I should ask that. Oh. I do. <laughs> Good question. Um, I focus
1: on people who identify as transgender and those who love them. Mm-hmm. And I also have a special interest in working with people who are social justicely minded. Mm. Nice, especially around issues of sexuality and gender.
0: But mm-hmm. any sort of social justice—that's your thing. So, um, why that niche? Do you mind me asking, that?
1: No, not at all. Ask <laughs> me anything.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, great. So, why? How did you land
1: there? Um, because I think when I first started working with you all, I was like, no, it's trans, trans all the time, trans twenty four seven. And then I realized, as you had aptly stated, even when I said that I focused on trans clients, that other clients would filter in. Who liked a person that could handle and could aptly talk about what it was like to be a transgender person in this mm-hmm. world? Mm-hmm. And they were usually ones that had kind of a, a pull or some sort of drive towards social justice.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm interested in
1: talking about how people are treated and power and inequality.
0: Does that mm-hmm. come through your own story, your own work in social justice? Why, well, yes. <laughs> Yes,
1: it definitely does. It's certainly how I see the world. And I think I have a master's in human sexuality before I got my doctorate in clinical psychology. So, and that the people on my committee were a sociologist and an anthropologist. I just always felt like the community was where I needed to make sure I was locating my practice and my people and wanted to make sure that I was talking about the outside world and how it was reflected in Mm -hmm. people to community. Like that it's a big intervention for me. How can we get you from being, you know, it's like you're isolated. How can we connect you to a community that would fit you?
0: Yeah. So for those that are, who are listening that don't know, in San Diego, we have an area called Hillcrest, where a lot of LGBTQ, the community is, I guess, concentrated or known as, but that is not where your office started originally. No. Where'd you put your office?
1: I put my office north, about 30
0: minutes to an hour, up in North Inland area in Poway. Okay, so let's talk just talk demographically. When people think of that area, what do they think of? Of Poway? Mhm. Um
1: rich white people, retired people. Uh-huh. They're probably white and conservative. Right. Um I'm learning it has a multiplicity of religious groups. Mhm. So just a lot of different religious institutions around. But yeah, white, straight,
0: the Tyrian or other
1: Protestant.
0: okay so i well i wanted to talk about this because this is something i mean generally if someone asks me oh where should i start a private practice i'm like meet your clients where they're at now you are meeting your clients where they're at but it's not traditionally what people think of so can you talk a little bit about why that area okay i have many reasons for this area
1: Yes. One is that I grew up in suburban Boston mm-hmm. um, in a Jewish suburb. And so I always wanted to work in that same kind of feel of an area where you always had to go into the city to get your needs met, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, you know, what would it be like if the city came a little bit out, if the city and all of its queerness and liberal attitudes could come a little out to suburbia where I was longing for it as a kid? So mm-hmm. um, That was one. Um, this felt like home to me coming up to Poway. Um, it's It reminds me a lot of Wellesley, which is the rich white Protestant suburb next to Newton where I grew up. Um, so it's like comfortable. I'm like, oh, I can do this suburban thing. This is good. Um, I know this language. Um, so that was comforting. And then, yeah, I mean, the other reasons... Like the personal part is that I grew up with awesome uh, father who is in private practice himself, but as an eye doctor, and we would run into so many people in the neighborhood all the time, Um, and I wanted to be a little bit away. I wanted a chance to get out, Mm -hmm. and then you know what we talked about last time—that there's that whole thing that queer people can travel. (laughs) <laughs> and so far, it's only been a couple of days into the new uh, the new uh, presidency, mm-hmm. um, but so far we can travel to some places, and right. so I found that um,
0: it would be a good neighborhood for people to travel to. Right. See, this is the thing: is like when I when I would first answer that question concretely, it's okay, Hillcrest. That's where. Yeah. A lot of queer communities are, blah blah blah. But they're also elsewhere, they just maybe aren't as out and visible, but means they're there. So this is about being in touch with your ideal client, right? And where they are. What is that face for, Abby? <laughs>
1: well, I think it's I I didn't realize like I when I did some of the research that you all had recommended on um, the the demographic space. Yeah. I really wanted to go to a wealthier population because I knew that um, with my love of paperwork, I was not going to be part of every panel. And yeah. so I wanted to make sure I could reach people that could actually afford my services. Um, and so that was great. And I was like, oh, this feels good. Um, but I didn't realize that I was also going into a market that I hadn't anticipated, which is parents and parents wanting support for their kids, and parents in the Poway School District is one of the best, and so parents are expecting good quality care for their kids. On a, you know, They're expecting a specialty provider, and they're expecting it to rock, mm-hmm. so I could really address that need, um, and then as I was telling you before, I opened up um, a day a week in Hillcrest because I mm-hmm. found that yeah people were like all the queers are going to be in Hillcrest so all the queer therapists are going to be in Hillcrest who's this person in Poway like that makes no sense to me I'm going to go go to Hillcrest so I would see them in Hillcrest Bankers Hill area and then through the course of the first couple of minutes would find out that they lived in Poway that they worked <laughs> in Poway, that their best friend lived in Escondido a town over or Rancho Bernardo yeah. that some part of their life always took place there or that they were actually traveling from even more North, like Temecula to come down to see me in Hillcrest because they thought that's what they had to do to get services. Wow. And I was like, well, actually I could see you in Poway if you want. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That'll cut your time in half. And Hey, you know, I'm open on Sundays, at least right now. Um, so after you go to church or when everyone else is in church and you don't know what to do because you're Jewish, you can come see me instead. <laughs> so it's, I've been able to loud the, um, praise the beauty of Kauai. I mean, it might have some unadulterated use of water, which could be
0: <laughs> good or bad. To get <laughs> the, so the people don't understand that. It's just, it's very manicured and yeah pretty app. <laughs> it's very pretty but it requires a lot of water to maintain that pretty so yeah, yeah I think happening. yeah and I think um this is another point for people that are listening of look around and do you see everyone represented and if not there might be a big need for you to show up and serve people that are not represented in the community that don't have support and think like that they have to travel an hour and a half to get a therapist that knows how to work with what they're going through or that can even understand and speak the language. So it's not just looking around and seeing if the clients are there. It's also looking around and seeing like what's missing and can I fill a gap here?
1: And can I be known in that? I mean, mm-hmm. the, the therapists that I've talked to in Hillcrest and Bankers Hill and Mission Valley are like, well, of course I have people from Poway come see me. And I'm like, I hope not anymore, but yes. You know, <laughs> it's, 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 everyone from Poway is like, well, I go to Hillcrest. That's where they are. And yeah. I'm like, mm, that's where we're out. Yeah. Like, and I mean, the company, the name of my corporation is Waves, a psychological corporation. So here I am, inland, talking about the ocean. <laughs> you know, I mean, you don't really get a lot of beautiful vistas when you're, except for the manicured lawns, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's okay to bring some ocean mm-hmm. inside. Yeah.
0: So what's been the hardest part of your journey in creating your practice? Um, hardest Ooh, there's
1: many <laughs> I think um convincing people that there's a need um convincing an average um heterosexually oriented cisgender person who's not an awesome therapist um that there is a need for this population and that it's not enough to be friendly it's not enough to be like I have a gay friend I'm like that's great how do they feel about being your gay friend and not, you know, Bob, the super cool baseball player. <laughs> um, but that there's actually a real depth to this care and that there's meaning and that people are really scared right now and that there's a lot of places for hope.
0: I'm going to be honest. Has yeah. that been hard within just the therapist community? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I think people are not
1: um, that willing to pay for training thing has been a little harder. I have been really grateful to get um, some opportunity to consult with folks more recently.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's been
1: great. Um, and to do some trainings with area um, bigger group practices or Um, community clinics about, like, how to approach a trans person, Um, but they expect it to be included because they're not in private practice, so they don't feel like they have the resources to bring in someone from the outside, Mm -hmm. and yet they're getting paid so much more consistently with benefits and have so much access, so it's that sort of disconnect of, you need to bring me in, and not just once, um, because there's actually layers of work. Um, and, like, I remember bringing in a 101. I'm like, okay, this is Abby's 101. My wife laughing at me. She's like, this is not 101. I'm like, <laughs> we can do this. I don't want to explain the difference between sex and gender again. Like, I'm done. Like, just, you know, I'll, yeah,
0: I'll my peace. That's where people are. That's where people think? are. And, and so I'll just put in a plug here. Yeah, please. If um, you guys haven't noticed, Abby does do training. <laughs> so... And consultation. So if you need to consult or get some support, reach out to her. i I'm going to put her contact stuff in, but there's more yes. than, um, her therapy. She's also very involved yeah. in, um, advocating within our field. So yes. I think that brings to mind that all of us in some way or another are going to encounter Peers and colleagues who mm-hmm. say, no, that can't be done, or I don't know why you're doing that. I mean, just in our mastermind group today, someone posted that their supervisor was like, you can't make money in this field. And so there's going to be people that don't understand, so, and, that, and that can be hard. And so what has helped you deal with that?
1: Hmm. I, I think I have a steadfast core. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where I became so uh, diligent, mm-hmm. or some people might affectionately refer to as stubborn. Um, but I'm stubborn. I mean, you all were like, "I think you should consider Hillcrest, or maybe Oceanside. We need people there." And I was like, "Not traveling the ocean. That's a long distance <laughs> for me. I can do the 15. Um, I will go." as far as I can. But there was something about it that I'm like, nope, this actually feels right to me. I'm not sure what it is, but my gut is crying. Stay here anyway. Um, So that's
0: another good point. Just because someone makes a suggestion doesn't mean it's always right. Why are you just assuming, you know, like, well, I must not know. No. And then I realized like, we're doing it. Well, yeah, I think, um, part of coaching is just trying to help sort through all the options, but ultimately you decide and you know, what's yes. best for you always. So. And I really
1: appreciated that. Cause I've, um, quick plug of you is that <laughs> both of you is that, uh, I've known other coaches who are like, you need to sign a contract that you're doing it my way for the next oh. year. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't no, Like this isn't the right coach for me because I can't do that. Like I yeah. have, really, really strong ethical value.
0: And you have value. opinions. Yeah. I have <laughs> opinions and I have yeah.
1: feelings. Yes. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to be in private practice so that someone else can guide me and tell me what to do.
0: Yeah. If I wanted that, I'd work in a. Yeah. And your story is a reminder to me of like that whole piece of, okay, you want to go here where's the need and how, how do you find the need within that mm-hmm. community wherever you are at? So I appreciate you teaching me that or reminding me mm-hmm. of it. Um, Cause sometimes, yeah, we all, we're all still learning. I think um, for me in terms of like the, you're talking about the core, that is my experience mm-hmm. of you, but also mm-hmm. having other people that can reflect that core back. Yes. And can, when you feel like, <laughs> you know, frustrated or, um, overwhelmed, whether that be your um, spouse, friend, or colleague, having people that know you that can mm-hmm. remind you of it.
1: I will say my therapist, I mean, I like to give back to the community wherever I can, <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> as I affectionately refer to her, um, has been really helpful.
1: I mean, you've certainly been very helpful in all those long email rants of like, okay, is this the right thing to do? And you're like, this doesn't sound right. And I'm like, but what about this? And you're like, still doesn't sound right, Abby, but a try, you know. And <laughs> mom, and people that I've grown to really appreciate have been just become a really big part of my life in a way I didn't expect pre-boot camp.
0: Uh huh. Um,
1: I think I also, uh, if it's okay to give a plug of my own, of course, not of my stuff, but I decided to join. I was asked to join the board of directors. Um, for the San Diego Psychology Association, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, I've heard such horror stories about when you volunteer, then it's it 's all over. Um, and so I was very clear in the beginning, like my goal is my private practice and my family, and I need to know what my duties are so that I know you know what 's going to go on, and even then they switch things around, but I still felt like I could say no. Good, And I said yes. Um, And so now I'm still the co-chair of the LGBT committee in San Diego Psych, which is open to practitioners of all, you know, stripes and stars and circles and hearts. Um, And then I'm also on the board of directors. And it's been really powerful for me Mm -hmm. um, because we've been, they've been great about stepping up and responding, for instance, to that, um, oh my goodness, the... Society that's coming in June to protest why homosexuality is wrong. We got together and created a letter that's been published, marched together in the Women's March, um, invited people in from other groups. And I just, I'm proud of them. And I'm proud to be a part of it. And so now when I go to different events, I can also talk about, you know, why I'm a member, why I think it's important to bring us together during this time.
0: And I appreciate that because nice. sometimes I think um, we don't know why we're members. I know I've struggled yes. with that. I've talked about this honestly in other podcasts and blogs. Of like, I don't know why, but I see you advocating, and I see the work you're doing, and mm-hmm. uh, you should be proud. That's thanks. That's great. Yeah. When you, like uh, what's been kind of the best part about having a private practice?
1: I love my clients. They're the best. As I like to say, they're the bee's knees. Mm -hmm. Um, I love, I even realized like as one kind of terminated or ended time with me, um, it was like one of the best experiences I've had. Like here was this person able to ask for what they needed and they were able to ask for a change. And although my first impression was like, oh no, I want to work with you more. Like I think there's more growth here and there's more possibility that they asked for what they wanted. Oh, that was such a cool feeling. And that I could honor that and say, yeah, go for it. That sounds awesome. I'm around if you need me. I'm around if you need further help. Um, But yeah, let's do it. Mm -hmm. And let's end this well. Mm -hmm. The kind
0: of work that you get to do is really a joy.
1: Yeah. And the people, I mean, Mm -hmm. there's just, there's so much hope and possibility mm-hmm. that I don't realize I'm carrying around with me until I run into someone who's needs a little piece of it and mm-hmm. that they have the ability to say, "Wait, you know, and I call myself Abby and it, wait, Abby, like, what do you think of me? And I'm like, I think you are a human being. You know? <laughs> I think it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think, um,
0: I love it. What do you see? in the future for your practice?
1: I see lots of good, hopefully happy things, maybe making a living wage. <laughs> Very excited about that part. Um, I am in the process of hiring a psychology assistant. So we're just waiting for the board to approve her number so she can start a practice under my license
0: mm-hmm.
1: up here in Poway. And you know, she focuses on a slightly different perspective, but um, more on like learning. Differences and difficulties, and cool. all that stuff, but with a queer happiness. Mm-hmm. As I like say. Um, so, I'm looking forward to expanding training. Mm-hmm. So my real goal is to have a, a full time private practice, or even a, maybe a group practice in Hillcrest, and one up here in Poway, and then train people in Hillcrest and bring them to Poway. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more need than I can provide myself. I'm getting full. And mm-hmm. that's so exciting. It's been a year and a
0: half and I'm getting full. Like, yes. Yeah. Let's talk about that because I'm sure when you said make a living wage, people were like, well, you've been doing this a year. Um, everyone's got different definitions living. of that. Yeah, it's true. Uh, living wage looks different everywhere, but plus mm-hmm. like full looks different for everyone and the process oh, yeah. and the journey. I'm not kidding. Some people are fine with taking... A few years, some people aren't everyone's different. So how have you kind of organized that for yourself? Um, I think I'm very good at busy. Mm -hmm. And although I try
1: very hard to be mindful and practice mindfulness, I'm very good at packing my schedule. And so that's definitely a step my next step of my journey is gonna be how to streamline. Mm -hmm. Um, which I didn't realize I would be dealing with so early. Like I just got the notice saying I need to um, redo my license, re my license. And I'm like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> like it hasn't even been two years yet. Like, that's amazing to me. Um, I think, yeah. So what was your question? I well, got. Excited.
0: Well, how do you feel about how long it's taking you or the income growth yeah. and that sort of thing? How do you be with that? And because everyone's got different feelings around it. And I'm sure people are yeah. listening to you and having their own reactions as to what should be or how it should happen. Mm-hmm. So, How has it been for you with handling that journey of the income and the growth? Uh, I feel like I'm weird
1: and atypical in a lot of ways because <laughs> of many things, right? Things that I will probably <laughs> never mention on this. You know, <laughs> period. But in the ways of financial, like I grew up in a middle, upper, upper, middle class life. Yeah. And as an identity, and I didn't realize I had that identity until I got to college and everyone else was on scholarship and I wasn't. And so I grew up with the expectation that it was possible. And that's very different from most of my colleagues, like to the point where it brings tears to my eyes, like that's not expected. And that's not necessarily an expected thing that I've seen in a lot of people who are trying to figure out what does it mean to be different than my parents? I want to be the same as my parents but from a different trajectory and that's what I struggle with is can I be successful and make more than a living wage, but not be a medical doctor and not approach things the way they do. So I struggle with like, I'm different, but I still want the same or similar, um, the ability to make similar decisions about vacations and things like that.
0: Are you seeing it more as a possibility now?
1: I am. I think I'm, I think I'm going s- yeah. I also just <laughs> can't speak in complete sentences at this moment. I do. And I think I had a number from when I was um, figuring out my, you know, my budget and how I had to um, ask for what I wanted for prices of sessions and things. I've kept it the same. I haven't moved it up in the next year um, because I'm not really, I don't think I'm at the point where I'm, taking home the money that i want to take home versus just putting it back into my business structure so i've been very blessed to have a wife who's working so that i can do this and parents who can still lend financial support which is very different mm-hmm. um but yeah it, there's hope i think the other thing is i took a part time job as am a telemental health provider, mm-hmm. and that's definitely had its ups and downs. I think it took a very long time to get started, like a year. And so at that point, I was like, I don't really need this. Like, actually, I want the day to do my paperwork and the day to, you know, see some clients on my own. Um, but I took it because I thought it would be of benefit to um, see a, a wider variety of clients, to give back to the community, to get on a Medicare panel, to have someone else, if God forbid this person were suicidal, I would have a support team of people to support them. And I felt like it was giving back to a rural community to have someone with an LGBT focus. Mm-hmm. So I'm at it. Um, I'm one day a week there, and that's provided more of a steady income.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So now I feel like, all right, it's time to pay Abby. <laughs>
0: yeah. I know the other thing that people don't realize, like, even if you're profitable, a lot of people don't pay themselves for a long time. Yeah. I am different. I've paid Yay. myself since the beginning. Awesome. Um, that's because I had to. <laughs> I don't know. Right. <laughs> um, um, but
1: that's something else to think
0: about and uh, to talk with your accountant and stuff mm-hmm. like that when you're doing your kind of planning of when do you pay yourself? Um, right. Yeah. So Can I- all that to say that this is why I love doing these interviews is because everyone has different trajectories. Yes. The, the question is, is it working for you? Um, are you happy doing it? Mm-hmm. What are you learning from it? And being intentional, learning lessons, and then making new decisions based on that, you know? And I love people seeing how others are doing it. So thank you for sharing your story about it. Pleasure. So if someone is thinking about going into private practice, do it. One tip you would have for them.
1: Oh my goodness. One tip. That's this so mean. One. <laughs> I know
0: that's mean to do to Abby. I know. <laughs> no, Abby has many
1: thoughts and feelings <laughs> I know. Um, to be your full self.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think it's kind of crud to, I mean, you don't have to be your full unfiltered self. I encourage people to have boundaries and take good care of what it means to interact with others. Yeah. And, um, and, I find that, as I said in that blog, the more I am myself, my full quirky self, the better people actually are finding me and not just what I pretend I am.
0: Yeah. No pretending.
1: No pretend. I mean. It's exhausting. Oh, it's it's so tiring. And it's not real. And I don't want to be, forget that I don't want to be, I want to be an authentic person that people can actually contact and that people can grow, you know, grow themselves to be their best people with. I don't, I feel like authenticity is really important. And so why would I want to give anything less? Right. It just seems mean and cruel and perpetrating this idea that society is made up of people who just put on fronts so that they can, you know, get their needs met without yeah. being real and full.
0: Yeah. See, I, I don't
1: want that. That's my
0: hope even like with Zinni Me stuff is that yeah. you read a blog or whatever, and then you sit in a room with me and it, maybe it's a louder version or <laughs> you know a more silly version, but it's still the core of who I am, you know, mm-hmm. that it's not a surprise to people so that they know what they're getting from the beginning, you know? And, um, that's great. Same with my clients. Sometimes, you know, like self-disclosure does come up in session. And I think one time mm-hmm. I said something about we're, I had disclosed something about like roller derby and my client said, I always knew it. (laughs) She's like, it makes sense. Like, so you know, like how you show up in the room or whatever Mm -hmm. that it's consistent. And I think if that creates fear in someone hearing that from you, then it's a great time to start figuring that self out because Mm -hmm. your business is going to reflect it back to you um, and assist therapists need to be solid in ourselves as well or be working on it. It's not always perfect, but um, what better time than to use opportunity to figure out, okay, like who am I really? And um, what am I about? That's why I love, therapist going to therapy. I just to um, say <laughs> I actually really love seeing therapists
1: and other healers yeah. from other professions. Yeah. I find that that work is incredibly meaningful. and gets them to like a deeper place of yeah, really resonating. Like, we're similar. We have similar reactions to these things, but how can I be more real in yeah. this in of the work I do? I'm like,
0: all right. Let's mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. So, if somebody wants to reach out to you, um maybe consult with you Hello. <laughs> or hire you for a training or refer to you how could they find you
1: um currently they can find me on my website at www.doctorabi.com
0: dr or, abby Doctor <laughs> abby <yeah. laughs> Abby's spelled differently yeah i, I like
1: like I was originally going to be Dr. Abby Weissman, but it turned out to be Drabby Weissman when you said it out loud. And I was like, well, that's not what I want. That might be, I don't know. It's not what I want to be authentic, you know? So now I'm Dr. Abby. Um, dot com, or you can just give me a call 619-403-5578. That number does not accept text though. So if you text me, it goes into a big whole that i will never have access to so please <laughs> call me or email me at info at dr and i can't believe we didn't talk about religion but i'm also really passionate about oh religion and sexuality so or yeah that's way. true
0: I, you're right and i know that about you i know because you talked about that so yes i, I don't know we're just talking more about the business side but this is very um, true i mean like um, I don't know how to say this. Like you have a unique point of view, and that mm-hmm. you're able to hold areas that are controversial or tense in multiple places. Like, do you yes. know what I'm saying? I mean this as a confidence, but I'm like, take it like that. Okay, good. Like in <laughs> terms of gender, sexuality, mm-hmm. religion, these are all. Uh, uncomfortable topics for a lot of people or things that come with a lot of um dogma and there's just a lot (laughs) behind them and there's an intersectionality between them Mm -hmm. that you're able to um to understand and hold tension with and i appreciate that about you i've learned from you in that area as well so thank you for that so they'll just have to go to the website and read more about it but please please you have a great story abby and so thank you for sharing
1: Thank you so much, Kelly. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: All right, you guys, if you have questions, post in the comments below. If you're on the vlog, check out Abby, and we'll see you next time.